in 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T. the Extraterrestrial. We will witness the arrival, the search, the desertion, the fear, the discovery, the friendship. I'm keeping him. The secret, the love. The warning, the signal, the mystery, the danger. The intrusion, the wonderment, the enchantment, the hope, the connection has been made. Universal Pictures presents Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial. Welcome to Movie Umpers. I am Bob Sham. We're into our new theme of the month. Mm-hmm. What is our theme? Our theme is... Family friendly. I just keep saying family friendly, so I will not curse. It is. It's all family fem- <laughs> friendly. No, I know, but that's why I keep saying family, so I will not say the bad words. Right. We, we're going to try not to curse. It may be near impossible, but we will see. And uh, yes, yeah, so for every Monday, you've picked two movies from our youth that we will call comfort food that is nostalgic for us. We're hitting up one that you picked here, but it does apply to both of us because of course. we're the same generation. We were children in the 80s, and this movie was about this along with like a Star Wars. is about the biggest fucking thing ever, right? Yeah. This movie kind of defined 80s childhoods on the big screen. And God, I haven't watched this movie in so long, and... We're talking about E.T. the Extraterrestrial, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Melissa Matheson, starring Henry Thomas, Robert McNaughton, uh, Drew Barrymore, and D. Wallace, among others. I prefer the porn parody version, E.T. the Enormous Titties. Oh, God. Now, you might think I would have said something like E.T. the Extra Testicle, but that joke is already all over the internet. I'm sure. I did peek into three different porn parodies of E.T. One from Germany, where there appear to be in Vic- Victorian times for some reason. Really? And another one a little more current. And they're all disturbing. Disturbing things to look in on. But Yeah. But yeah, so look. E.T. The Enormous Titties is a much more original porn parody title compared to what I've seen out there. So... Cut me a little slack, okay? Okay, you just know what how I feel about uh, what well, about the word. What a, what word? The T word. Titties. Yeah. Also, you're talking about porn, and we're supposed to be kid friendly. Kids know all about titties. 
when you're <laughs> babies literally are putting their mouths on that shit. <laughs> that should be like the safest word of all time. That's true. What only babies can get up on some titties. Boobies. But we're not allowed to say it when we're older. Babies can suck it. Well, I can't say it. Give me a break. I just don't like the word. Yes, E.T., the extraterrestrial. This uh, movie, this might be the earliest I remember a movie being marketed to hell, right? I remember getting, like, E.T. cereal. And when this movie, I was born only a year before this movie came out, but it was still going strong. I think there were specials and stuff that came on TV after. Yeah. It was released in theaters. It had, like, television, television premieres at the time were a big deal. I didn't think about this ahead of time, but I'll be right back. This is the E.T. doll that my dad gave me our first Christmas together. So my mom and dad got married when I was two and a half. They started dating at the end of 1982. Show the whole body. Lift it up. They started dating at the end of 1982. And so this was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Of course, I fell asleep. I was a baby. But, I mean, I was two. Um, but this is my E.T. It's Has his skin chipped away over his the years? Skin, yeah, he's just kind of started falling apart. Like he's, he's looking like he's starting to get sick, like in the movie. This is like the very, very, very sad river scene when did, he's kind of pinky. Did, did they ever sell a, a sick E.T. plush where he looked like a dried... Oh, God! Where no. he looked like dried dog shit? This is my E.T. cup. Oh, wow. And then on the back side, see, so you've got E.T. and Gertie. That's in pretty good condition. I because bet. I love this cup. I've carried it my whole life around. Yeah. I don't use it anymore. It stays in it. And this, this, my goodness. My first drag queen. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Slay. Wow. You know, if that shit was put out today, people would be crying wokeism <laughs> because ET's in drag. When really, it was. we always had this shit. Yeah. They just didn't, uh, you know, they you know, knew it. But, I love it. But hold that, that up scene. again. That, that's your first real drag experience, probably. I love this scene. I love E.T. E.T. looks very comfortable in that outfit. He was fine. He was wearing little rings. I love that part so much. He, like, points out the window, and he's got the big old ring on his hand. E.T. just has a special, special place in my heart and always will. Like, I cried last night watching this movie. I hadn't probably sat down and watched it in 25 years because this movie is... 40 years old. Yes. Um, I love, love, love him. It is a 40-year-old movie. 40 plus years old. 41. I can't even hug this doll because it crumbles. It crumbles off. Yeah, I have to be very careful. He lives in a, um, he lives in a, behind a glass doored cabinet now so that I can see him, but I don't touch him because he's delicate. I forgot E.T. had a nose. Like if you See, that was crazy to me that you forgot he had a nose. If you asked me to draw E.T., I think I probably would have not done the nose. I think... But the nose yeah. kind of makes him seem a little bit more connected to the humanity of it. The nose kind of makes him a little more humanoid and makes him seem a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. I also just... Like, his skin looks so good. Like, even looking in this puzzle... If you were just looking at these E.T. hands right here, mm. that could just be an old lady. Well, it's he's an animatronic puppetry effects by Carlo Rombaldi. Genius. Yeah. It's, that man is a genius. I, there's, I saw some, uh, you know, they tried to do a sequel over the years and it just never worked out. 
Uh, I did there. There is like an Xfinity commercial of an older Henry Thomas and E.T. visiting yeah. them around Christmas time. And E.T. is CGI. And it looks like fucking trash. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. I don't want to see it. And it does, it barely even looks like E.T. Like, in a, in a sense, or it doesn't feel like him. You could never have this movie in this way now because that's what they would do. It would be never completely make, CGI. Never and make a sequel to this movie. That E.T. is so special is because he's so tangible. Like, his eyes are amazing. Like, he looks so real. Like, yeah. for the time, it was truly. It's groundbreaking, the the things they were able to do. They also are very brilliantly smart because there's quite a lot of scenes where he's wearing a blanket or a robe or clothes. And you know that helped, like, hide some things. But it was so perfect with his, just with him, you know? Apparently E.T.'s species is a part of Star Wars canon. Oh, yeah. I have heard this before. He appears in the crowd in one of the prequels. Or at least that species. Mm-hmm. And like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, they... Besties. They were all over the late 70s, early 80s. There's a so. ton of Star Wars references in this movie. Which also makes sense, because that is what the kids would have been talking yeah, about. Yeah, that it was huge, of course. Absolutely. But yeah, E.T.'s dumbass gets left behind. Yes. And his family takes off without him, because dudes with jangly keys and flashlights are coming. So E.T., uh, somewhere in California... Goes down into the valley, and uh, he's hanging around um, this house. I, I'm just, you know, we all know this fucking story, but there are just, I would just want to hit on the moments that really were visceral and why they were mm. visceral to mm-hmm. me in my childhood. So there is a point in which, of course, this the scene where Elliot first encounters E.T. Yeah. <laughs> genuinely scary mm-hmm. because he starts screeching also why does et a lot of his noise he sounds like an elderly cat most of the he time. does he really does and i love when he screams and he throws his arms up in the air like i don't know it's hilarious. what is up with the biology of where is his evolution in the planet he's mm. from that makes him look like that because he wobbles when he mm-hmm. walks like mm-hmm. like uh like like he'd be 600 pounds but when he gets freaked out, he can scramble pretty good. He can scramble pretty good. You know, his neck elongates, and you would think maybe his legs could too, but he's just squat down for, like, protection, but he never does raise up. We also were talking last night. I never really thought about it when I was a kid, but I think E.T. was a kid. Yeah, I think so for sure. And so, I don't know, maybe he just hasn't grown into, like, his full bod yet. I don't know the uh, the uh, the you see the silhouette of his family that's true. It's they the look same. kind of the same. Yeah, that's true. But ET kind of looks like if a wizard placed a curse on an old man's testicles and it came to life. That's kind of what ET looks like. Or like if a ginger root yeah became animated. This movie also had what I considered in my childhood one of the most scathing put-downs in cinema history. <laughs> All we're trying to say is Maybe you just probably imagined it. I couldn't have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that, penis breath. <laughs> when uh, 
the reason this movie has a PG rating. I guess so. It says crude language. <laughs> and uh, they're teasing Elliot because he said he saw a goblin. And he calls his brother a penis breath. Oh. And the way the mom reacts. Elliot! <laughs> sit down. That's so real. I felt like that was real. It's like so She good. didn't know that line was coming. Yeah. Apparently this movie was shot. As linearly as possible mm-hmm. to make the emotional effects hit as the actors were going in, in through the scenes. They also led Drew Barrymore on to believe that E.T. was real. So even according when he to wasn't, Drew Barrymore, no, right? no, no, no. According to um, the mom and the boys, yeah, they told her later. I watched a little clip of an interview where they're all talking, like it was some kind of reunion thing, and they're all talking, and she's like. I he was real and the mom goes that's because that's because steven made him real for you and she's like what are you talking about and this is a while ago but she was like yeah anytime he made sure that there was always a puppeteer working et whenever drew was around so she never saw him lifeless so she thought he was that she really had this alien friend i mean she was so young I mean, we know she's been acting since she was born. This but is like this is her her peak in acting. <laughs> Drew Barrymore has never acted better than she was when she was a child. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's true. No, I mean, she's not good. I'm sorry. I always there's liked some actors her, but that I know aren't you're good. Right. I know you're right, but I always liked her. She's just always played herself. Like she's one of those. Drew Barrymore. She's ben the Affleck, same in everything. Yeah. Gal Gadot. The one that was in Gangs of New York, Cameron Diaz. Oh, oof. she's terrible. Boy, what she landed a role in that one, right? Yeah. So yeah, but she's amazing in this, and I think it is truly because she was led to believe that he was real. So she, as a child, probably really thought he was sick. Probably really thought she was never going to see him again at the end. Now, E.T. E. is a parasitic being. Because yes. he, because he attaches directly to Elliot in the sense to where they become one, like a mm-hmm. symbiosis. And if one Ugh. feels shitty, the other one feels shitty too. Or drunk, the other one feels drunk. And it's I all did, feeling. That is a fun scene where uh, E.T. gets fucking loaded while Elliot's at school. And then Elliot gets drunk. And it's just funny to watch a young Henry Thomas pretend to be drunk. Mm-hmm. Is uh, That's just entertaining in and of itself. I thought it was great. That was also a very formidable scene when he lets the frogs free and then yes. he kisses his crush. Like, that seemed like, you know, when you're a kid. Stands on the bully. You know, as a kid watching these 80s movies, and this one as well as the other one you picked, which we'll watch later this month, it felt so visceral to me. Like, I wanted to be in these worlds. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of, like, these kids, the bike gangs and... Like, the ones you picked are actually pretty important to me as well. Yeah. I was thinking about this as we were watching the movie last night. I really think that this movie is a big part of how much I love animals. Even though I know E.T. is an alien, but just the desire to, like, take care of. I also wanted to have an E.T. or a dog or anything, you know? Like, I wanted... An animal to care for and be my friend and love and have a connection with. I guess a dog is the next best thing to it's an ET. It's the closest we can get. Now, it's it's posited by um, the brother, as played by Robert McNaughton, that maybe E.T. is one of the mentally lesser versions of his species. 
And I, like he said, maybe he's more of a drone type to a species. And I do think that maybe E.T. is like a, a, a dumb, dumb version of his own species. He seems a little dumb. Disagree. How? Based on what? Because he built an entire machine to communicate with his home planet. He learned a completely that different might be, language that in might a matter be a, of days. That might be impressive to your humanoid pea brain, but based on the standards of his uh, species and technology, it's pretty low in. He took basically foreign objects that he's never seen in his life before and figured out a way to make a thing to communicate with his people. I think that's very smart. Like I said, he learned a complete other language within days. I don't know. I just think he's... I think he's playing a mentally challenged version. Don't try to fit this in. Don't try to fit this into your his box own species. of this month. Don't even do that. Do not even do that. You're going to do that with my other movie, too. Don't do that. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it's actually a little more literally applied that one makes more to the sense, other movie. But I just was already prepared for that with the other one. I didn't think it was going to happen well, with this one. Well, it's good that you... Well, I, I threw a curveball at you. All these movies apply. They're, they're all, all comfort food this month. You know, one of the most poignant moments to me... And I guess also because I was a little girl watching this. You know, you talked about when Elliot first saw him. That one didn't get me as much as when Gertie first sees him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're just both screaming at each other's faces. I don't know. That one got me more. Yeah. As in like a, that's what I would have done, you know. And just the sweetness of that. And then how quickly she fell in love with him. When we first meet Elliot, he's annoying as shit. Well, I'm ready to plate. Uh, I'm ready to play now, you guys. Can I play? He's a Dungeons little brother. That's what little brothers do. E.T. really chilled him out and gave him a purpose. If it wasn't for E.T., he would have been... E.T. did level him out. He would have been the, the worst thing, character. You know, he's feeling E.T.'s feelings, and he matures very quickly. It's another reason why you could argue that E.T. is intelligent, is that they have this bond, and they're able to communicate outside of speaking but also Elliot seemed to age like five years yeah they were in a couple days well I guess even though E.T. and Elliot are connected that I guess because E.T. is removed from his species he's just getting sicker and sicker and because he's a parasite and is connected to Elliot it's making Elliot sick as well he needs something from being around his people that he's trying to get from Elliot, it's also hurt. It's draining Elliot trying to give it to him. Like the heart connection that they have when he does revive at the end, it's because his people are close and he can feel them and they mm-hmm. have that connection. And that's why when he says to Elliot, I'll be right here and it's in his heart because they mm-hmm. have that. It's just not. It wasn't sustainable. When we see the government tracking them down and and um, uh, hear, listening in on their conversations, like they're faceless. You don't yeah. see them very much. And I actually really enjoyed that choice yeah. until we finally get a guy that shows up. I forget the actor's name, but he shows up and we do see his face. And he's supposed to be like the not so bad guy. Like he makes this illusion like he's been looking for him since he was ten years old. He, which he, kind of vaguely alludes that maybe he has encountered this kind of species before. Did did an, one of his kind visit 
encounter him when he was a child? No, I don't think I don't think so. The way I interpret that is that since he was Elliot's age, he has been wishing for this. And he feels as though E.T. came here for him as well. It feels a little dumb, they, honestly. It is dumb. he's not it's kind related of, at all, but he's trying to be like, if he was the grown-up Elliot, if Elliot never met E.T. It's my least favorite part of the movie, it's to be terrible. honest. yeah. Because you have this consistency of this faceless government men who are uniformed and uh, have like their orders and their structure, and... To bring this guy in, oh, and he's very like a softened version of that. It's like it just seems a little nutless to just not let it be maintain that consistency. Absolutely. Because ultimately, while this guy seemed okay, I don't think it lent itself to it. I felt like even even to the point where like they're covered up or they're doing procedures onto ET, a very intense scene where ET is dying. And I felt like this was preparing kids for like losing pets Absolutely. or relatives. And all. Absolutely. But oh, but prior to this, I think one of my this movie is genuinely touching. Yes. In many ways, and one of my favorite parts that I forgot all about, but I really appreciated it as an adult was when the mother, um, D. Wallace, is reading to Gertie, yeah. reading Peter Pan. And E.T., the mother doesn't know, they don't, the mother doesn't know E.T. is there until he's really sick. And then E.T. is like listening to them from the closet. And Elliot kind of walks in. I guess the closets are connected. He comes in yeah, through I another Yeah, I didn't realize room. that. And then Elliot just kind of like sits by him and they both listen to the mother read to Gertie. And Elliot puts his arms around E.T. Like it really did just, um, you know, that magic, that wonder that Steven Spielberg can do. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not, it's not hype, even though this movie, this movie has stood the test of time in terms of that type of charm. It really is that good in that respect. It really is. I also particularly love the way that he interacts with things. I'm just intrigued by everything that E.T. does, even as a grown up, even watching this. Being in awe of, like, the way they did it, you know, like, looking at it, like, outside, I forget and think he's real. I'm a 43-year-old woman, and I look at E.T. and think, oh, gosh, I want to give him a hug. Well, they made it real enough for a, a baby Drew Barrymore, you know? I know. and So there is a reality to it. It's just, it's manufactured, but but it's there. And, you know, you spoke about the part where Henry Thomas is letting all the frogs go and he's kissing the girl. And that's all because E.T. is watching a love story on a movie. Like he's relating. Yeah, I think he's watching The Quiet Man or something. He's shit. learning about human interactions. Yeah. Yeah. From watching television, which of course makes sense. And there's also the layer of like, we all grew up on television. If you're our age, if he was as smart as the rest of the species, though, he would have just built a ship and like went off into space. But because he's a, a, a you know a, a dumber version, he's one. He only was able one. to do a signal. He's one. It's like if you. How got, do you know how how what age he is? No, I mean he's one being. Oh. He can't build an entire spaceship probably sure. by. Listen, don't do that. How do you know? Don't do that. If you went somewhere on an airplane 
and your no. airplane crashed, and I was like, "We'll just build another airplane." Well, he's par- build one. He's parasitically attached to the kid. He could have gotten all these kids he to help him. He was collecting plants in the forest. He was a forager. He was not a shipbuilder. He's a forager type. That's what you're saying. Listen, he's smart, and. If he's so smart, why did he die? One of the, why did he turn into dried dog shit? He didn't and die? die. He came back. He would have been dead if his people didn't, I guess, reach because the atmosphere. Because he was smart enough to send them a message. He almost didn't I don't make like it. this. I he don't like it. He almost didn't make it. One of the most magical parts also is when they fly. Yeah, definitely. I Both mean, times. You, that's the Amblin Entertainment logo. Is Absolutely. Because you can't of, fucking uh, beat that. Elliot Nietzsche. When Elliot realizes that E.T. is alive, of course, his chest glows. E.T. phone home. And the way he laughs. Yeah. The Elliot laugh is also like something that I'd kind of forgotten about. And as soon as I heard it, felt that too. So in a very loose plot, he and his brother hijack a, uh, a truck that they, a lab truck with E.T. in it. And they take off and they go to the forest. They meet up with his big brother's bike posse. Mm -hmm. And then they jump on bikes. They abandon the truck. And then that's when E.T. E.T. has telekinesis. And he can heal. Mm -hmm. That's his abilities. And he can also parasitically attach himself to your children and make them very, very sick. And he can turn into dog shit. Like dried up dog do. But yeah, so... He's floating all these kids, and the kids are still pedaling even though they're in the air. But it's their first time being telekinetically lifted. I get it. I also would not be surprised if they tested it not pedaling and decided it looked too weird. Yeah. Because you would be pedaling on a bike. I get it from like an aesthetic, this is what you expect kind of you're on a bike, thing. you pedal. You're on a bike, you pedal. And if you just were sitting there with your legs out, I mean, I guess that would work, but it it wouldn't look right. So they make it to the spot where ET initially landed, where he's they're sending the the signal device that they that ET made, and somehow Mom and Gertie make it with the government guy with her before the rest of the government, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. long enough to have a very long win. Did this movie invent? The long-winded goodbye. I don't know. They just each had to have a moment with him. Nothing's worse than the third Lord of the Rings movie in terms of long-winded goodbyes. I don't think this was drug out too long. There was just a few words spoken between him and each of the children. It didn't talk to the mom. You know, he talked to Gertie. He talked to the brother. And he talked to Elliot. Mm. And But he told Elliot... Are you sure he wasn't saying that he laid an egg inside of him? Yeah, no, that's not that's not it at all. The sequel probably had an egg laid inside of Elliot. I forgot how upsetting. I remembered obviously the scene of him when they are doing when they're trying to revive him when he's dying and he does look very chalky and I remembered all that. 
Until it happened, I had completely put out of my mind the image of the brother finding him in the river. Oh, yeah. That is one of the most upsetting visuals of my childhood. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite brutal. really, like, it was like a gut punch when I I saw that last night. When I was a kid. Sorry. Wow. It messed me up. You broke it. You can you can bleep that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, as a kid, that that almost said the sh the s hit word. That stuff affected me as well. Yeah, it really messed me up, and yeah. it messed me up now too as a grown woman. Mm. So yeah, e t e- e- but but he does make it back to his home planet and the very drawn out goodbye scene. And you were like, "Why are they crying?" <laughs> Yeah. Because, yeah, they've been working towards this, but they love him. They're going to cut him up if he doesn't leave. They want him to go, but they're going to miss him forever. Mm. So they're going to risk his capture again. No, they're not. They're letting him go. You mean by saying goodbye to him for so long? You never know when the government's going to roll up right in that moment. But the government are so dumb that they actually never make it through the whole time. And E.T. gets in his space egg. With his family and goes off into another world. He takes marigolds with him. E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's still a good movie. It's a great movie. Still good. Still sweet. Still tugs at your heartstrings. What is the evolutionary process of these creatures? What's up with this planet? Why? They almost seem humanoid. Is this Maybe they have very dense gravity. Is that the right way to say that? That makes like them squatty because their gravity is like very intense. But they got these kind of giraffe-like necks. Well, like turtle necks, really. You know how you got those big turtles that just kind of lift their. Yes, I always used to think that ET looked like the Turtle Mountain in the Neverending Story, which was also one I very much considered picking for this month. I didn't, but I love the Neverending. ET Story. does have turtle-like qualities yeah. for sure. Uh, apparently, there was this uh, guy from India who wrote a script about an alien uh, crashing in India and uh, befriending a boy there. That he, and he claimed that that script got passed around and that Steven Spielberg caught wind of the script and turned them into two different movies, E.T. and Close Encounters. Mm. Um, but I don't think he won any case. There was another lady who claimed that a, a one act play she wrote was based on E.T., but that, that, that case was also quickly thrown out. I mean, there was a lot of challenges here. People claiming that Spielberg or the writer Melissa Matheson took, you know, some elements from around. And Spielberg insists that this script was floating around for a minute. Mm hmm. Until it finally came to him. But even though, I mean, only Spielberg could have done it in this way. That's exactly right. In which the, the, the heart is really just so apparent there and kind of, and kind of redefining, you know, kids movies for a generation Mm -hmm. after this. For good or bad. Yes. And others would try Mac and me, uh, and fail. Yeah, miserably. Miserably. But comically. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, E.T., the extraterrestrial, are uh, 
one of our Steven Spielberg. Boy, this movie, uh, the budget was ten and a half million dollars. This movie made around, according to Wikipedia, globally, seven hundred ninety-three million dollars. Okay, from a ten point five million dollar budget. Amazing. That's huge in that time. I mean, in Spielberg, he already uh, Close Encounters was a very critically held movie. Jaws was already massive. He was already kind of the golden boy, and then he makes, uh, especially after Raiders, and then he shows up with E.T., yeah. and everyone's, like, lining up to eat his ass, uh, eat, um, to be his friend. <laughs> They're high-fiving him all over yes. L.A. Now he can be mediocre for the rest of his career, and for about half of it, he is. Yeah. But um, he's coming back around. <laughs> the Fablemans is great. Yeah, I like that movie. That's we fun. did an episode on that. All right, so <laughs> you're gonna give this one through five. We're gonna give this one through five combined for best out of ten. Our comfort food from our nostalgic past. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but it's damn near perfect to me. So I'm gonna give it a four point seven five. Wow. I'm gonna give it a four. So yeah. that is an eight point seven five out of ten. <laughs> I'm going to put it right by Mysterious Skin, which these are practically the same movie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> E.T., number 13. Who knows where it'll be by the end of the year. We are going to reanalyze our rankings. Some may go up. Some may go down. Some are just perfect. And I think E.T. is one that is... Oh, I put a 6 there? Hold on. I don't see E.T. changing from 8.75. That's a pretty fine score. So, uh, check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Do you remember ETS fondly? Is it a comfort food for you as well? Did it make you sad as fuck to watch him dried up like dog shit in the river? Do you even remember speaking spells and rotary phones? We had a rotary phone in the property where we live. We did too. Yeah. Leave a comment, like, and subscribe. And it's going to be comfort food all month long. Family friendly entertainment. We're going to try to continue keeping it as clean as we possibly can but titties is not a bad word okay life to all lovers (laughs) 